Now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, Well, I trust I got the appropriate folks unmuted, and everybody's with me this morning. Jennifer, are you there? I am. Okay, good. It all worked. Well, welcome to the Coffee Club. Here we are back again. This is, what, August 14th? My goodness. Yeah. Time's getting away. The state fair is winding down. So you know summer's starting to wind down. But here we are, joined by our usual suspects. Uh, everyone is here. want to tell you about a couple things upcoming on The Legend you might find of interest. You know, besides this cell phone here. But... Uh, um, tomorrow night on ATR Live, which airs at 6.30 Eastern, you do the math, 5.30 Central, um, about our third segment, we're going to be doing a demo of the new PR-D17 AM FM radio. Now you say, well, what's so special about that? We've got all kinds of AM, FM radios. Well, 
This one is an accessible radio that was designed for the visually impaired. And it has full speech prompts. And Doug Hunsinger has done a very comprehensive review. It's about an 18-minute review of this radio. So if radio and accessible radio interests you, be sure to check out ATR live tomorrow night and what is it four ninety nine that that we'll be doing next week it'll be five hundred so but be sure to check that out tomorrow night and uh, and if you can't you can always download the podcast because it's there and and you'll be able to listen to it so let's swing it around the panel here Jeff how are you this morning doing very 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 well yeah I was just thinking what you were talking about the state fair one of the things I love at the state fair is that fried dough sometimes they call them elephant ears the fried dough with the cinnamon sugar on it boy that that's something i love i love that stuff <laughs> and all the other food that you can get at there not not necessarily always the healthiest food but i definitely enjoy that uh food whenever you go to the state fair any kind of food they sell especially the fried dough is good everything's good here in albany gonna be another uh, i think it's gonna be a hot humid day here again today so uh, we're getting used to that already yes we are dave and chris and i love a good funnel cake yeah that's oh, good stuff yeah. That's but it's good. hot and sticky here, too. One thing I like about Indiana, they had these great ribeye sandwiches or pork chop sandwiches. Or pork chops, man, they're good. Um, and the corn on the cob you can get there, oh, my, my, my. Um, and the lemon shake-ups. Oh, lemon shake-ups are good, too. Dave, what's your favorite thing at the fair? Uh, I would say funnel cakes. Those are good. I always have to remember to, to wear out. I always, I always find myself getting more stuff on my clothing after I go to the fair with all this food they have. <laughs> I've got to be careful when I do that. Well, there's no good way to eat it. There's just no... That's what makes it good. I can I, shout wipe with you, you know. That's true. Right. So the, the, those are good, good things, the, the Indiana State Fair. I always like the uh, potatoes. Uh, potatoes. Those long French fries that you get in the cup. I mean, they're huge. <laughs> right. It looks like we got a raised hand, maybe. Yeah, it's from Jerry. But uh, did, did we get all the intros? Past uh, the intros? We got Tim. We got to get Tim in, and then we'll get to Jerry. Well, I'm I'm here in Minneapolis. Beautiful day today, and uh, the Twins won again last night, so they're back in first place. So I'm pretty happy camper here. <laughs> I don't know. They've blown a pretty big lead. Well, they were 11 and a half games ahead, and uh, <laughs> now they're half a game ahead. So <laughs> I don't know. They blew it. When you lose that big a lead, whew, that's that's a pretty big lead to lose. Jennifer, how are you this morning? We kind of introduced you, but... I'm good, and I just, you know, I talked to everyone before about Melaleuca, and I started using their, their supplement package, and... I've been using it on five days, and I can tell the difference. You can I tell. Have, I, it seems like my quality of sleep is better when I go to bed at night. And I, when I wake up, I don't have that drowsy feeling in the morning when you first wake up. Huh. I need that from that drug-induced sleep, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll start on that next, next month. Okay, Chris, you want to release our caller? Is our caller ready to go? 
Go ahead, Jerry. Okay, uh, we're talking about things we like at the fair. Do any of you guys have uh, walk-away Sundays at the fair? What that is is a Sunday on a cone, and that's good. And uh, also, like, this one township has a secret recipe for fried chicken. Uh, they call it Brush Valley Chicken. That's, uh, that's good, too. Ooh, sounds good. Well, a walk-away Sunday... Yeah. You should you should find it close to when you're getting ready to leave. You, you go out and you're, you're and you take it with you. You take it with you because you don't want to walk around with it all the I time. I would I would get I would be worried about how, about if they put all that stuff on the ice cream cone how messy that's going to be. I don't want uh, the nuts and hot fudge dripping all over me though. Oh, well, it's not too bad. It depends. Or sometimes you can sit somewhere. Sometimes you can sit on a bench and eat it somewhere too. All right, very good. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, um, let's see. A couple other just quick notes, and if you guys think of any other major things that have happened this week, if you're of income where you're receiving SSI, SSDI, and your income is low, you may qualify for an expanded program through Comcast, which allows you to get Internet at $10 a month. Now, that doesn't include TV. That's just basic Internet. I think, what, 15 down? Somebody said, oh, I can't deal with that. Well, if you have no other income or very limited income, that's not bad. They expect this to affect about 6 million people, uh, this program, through Comcast. So... Um, and they've really expanded that program. So, you know, th- that affects a lot of people. You know, ten dollars a month is that what you said, Bill? Ten bucks a month, nine ninety five. And I think all you get down is fifteen down. But that's, you know, it's it's adequate to do most things on the internet. Maybe you're not going to be streaming Netflix and those types of things so easily. But hey. You're going to be able to get basic internet and use your Victor Stream, whatever you want to use. And I think they gave a whole bunch of things that, like, if you're on SSI, you're eligible for it. If you're on uh, Medicaid, I think you're eligible for it. And if you're on food stamps, they had a whole bunch of different criteria. There's, there's a whole list of it. If you go to the Comcast website, that'll tell you all about it. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind. And if you just go to Google, type it in, or go to Comcast.net. Uh, they will be able to provide you with information about that. So it, it's just one of the things that um, is out there. And, and maybe other Internet companies do the same thing. I've just heard about Comcast. I'm sure AT&T may do a a similar thing that that might make you, you know, that, that you could take advantage of. You know, if your income, this also affects veterans, also disabled veterans or veterans. So, hey, anybody that can take advantage of that, take advantage of that. Spectrum offers something for about $35 a month. I know that for a fact because I know someone who who's who, who has it who's on a limited income. They don't really advertise it that much, but the person I know went to the Spectrum store in Colony Center, which is our shopping mall, and they gave her this rate of $35 for limited cable and internet. She didn't get any local channels, the person that I know that did this, but they didn't care about watching local television on the cable. All they really wanted was the internet. So so that was $35 a month, but you can't be $10 a month. No, cannot be $10 a month to to get that. 
One, before we get started on a topic here, I want to bring in Chris and Dave and have them update you. And let me tell you how they persist, prevailed over their problems in getting their new grill um, up and finally going. Chris, you want to come in and Dave or one of you? Want yeah, to we, we both will. We spent, we got this grill and we put it together. The day we got it, we put it together that night. We could not get it to connect to the Wi-Fi. It would say it was connected and we used Ira and you have to go to the grill and go to Wi-Fi settings and it's a whole big ordeal with the menus. But we used Ira. <clears throat> the grill said it was connected to our network. But every time we tried to uh, use it, we couldn't see the temperature. With the with the app. With the app on the iPhone. So okay, we started calling them. This? And we called them and they said, well, your um, Firm. firmware in the grill isn't updated. That's why you can't see the temperature. You're not going to be able to see that till you get it updated. They said, what you do is you leave it on, not ignited, but you turn the switch on and you have it plugged in for 24 hours. It'll get the update. So we waited 24 hours. It didn't get the update. Anyway, to make a long story short, we kept going through that and through that and through that. And, and we finally said, all right, you know, okay, it's time for a technician to come out. You have to get Ira to help you go into the grill and read the firmware update too, or the firmware version. So that's how we knew it wasn't getting the update. So we said, Send us a tech out. So they got a hold of this place, or, or I did. They gave me uh, a vendor authorization number, and I called Greenwood Pools and Spas, which is very close to us. They came out last uh, Monday before last. Well, they couldn't get it going either. They couldn't get it to update. And they called, and they, they're they a platinum dealer, and they wouldn't let them talk to a supervisor. And uh, Green, they got really pretty firm with them and they told them you know they expected better treatment and whatever so anyway they their boss called in the next day to traeger and they set up an uh, an appointment for uh, a week ago today which is why we weren't here last week they came out at 9 30 and they still the people on the phone couldn't even talk them through getting getting it updated it just wouldn't do it so they said well the person you need to talk to isn't in the office yet they'll be in in 20 minutes so anyway they hung out here for 20 minutes and they finally were able to they had to go in and force an update from utah but it is working and i cannot tell you how many hours and hours we spent trying things and on the phone and on the phone with ira to read menus and on the phone with traeger it was just I, one of the more frustrating things I've been through lately. You know, okay. Chris, you have a lot more patience than I would. If I if I was going through all that, I would have I would have packed the grill up and I would have said, "Here, you have it." Well, I'm, I'm that it back. wasn't possible because Dave, what it weighed 180 pounds. Yeah, it, the grill weighs 180 pounds, and it's about when it's assembled, it's like five foot three inches long and about four feet wide well needless to say you can't lift it out of the box even lifting the parts because the main part of the grill was really heavy so we kind of had to tear the box up to get it out so i mean shipping it back wasn't an option unless as a final 
uh, you know, we, we could have maybe gotten Greenwood Pools and Spas to ship it back for us, maybe, if uh, Traeger paid them for it. Let me ask you a question. If you had a do-over button, A, you would have got the same grill. I get that. And I, I know why you would have gotten the same grill, because of the accessibility and everything. Would you might have called Greenwood Spas and said, hey, uh, would you like to bring a grill over and set it up for us? Actually, we might have, if we had it to do over again, what do you think, Dave? We might have bought it from Greenwood Pools and Spas. Yeah, because we bought it directly from Traeger. And, of course, it was all unassembled. And, um, of course, we, we had to do all that. Yeah. So what was the real problem that it wouldn't connect even though it said it was? It just would not take the update. It wouldn't finish connecting because it wouldn't take the update. And it probably wouldn't take the update because it wouldn't finish connecting. See, Man. you've got to connect the phone to the grill. Then you got to connect the grill to your network. Do you think if you had bought it from Greenwood that... If they'd known the firmware was going to be an issue, that's something they could have done at the store, maybe, or wherever. And then I, I don't do. think they can because it has to be on your network to update. Oh. So, Part of the connection is is connecting it to your your network. Right. So would they would they they would have put it together for you, and they would have also set it up for you, right? As as well, correct? If you had bought it from them, uh, I don't know about that, but it wasn't really a problem to put it together, though. Right, but they the would. guys the guys were real uh, the. Out, the guys were real nice. They, you know, they. But when we get right down to it, now it's up and working. You are accessibly controlling your grill from your iPhone. You don't have to buy the extra, what is it, iGrill or any of that stuff. You're controlling it right from your phone. Is that correct? Right. You can you can see your temperatures, set your temperatures. You can do all of that kind of stuff. And you it comes your... with the meat probe, even that you plug into a jack and. Right. And how accessible is the app? On the iPhone, does it work really, really well, or are there problems with it, or is it work? I mean, are there problems with the iPhone app, or is it pretty good? There's a couple of minor things, but we'll be talking to the app developer about that. But it is working, and it's it's pretty it's accessible. Doable. Yeah, without a lot of struggle. Yeah, very, very, very good. But you but, do have to be persistent sometimes. Yep. The moral of the story is, you've got to be persistent. Remember, and, Chris, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know that. Oh, we squeaked right. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are all ready for us to all come over. And for... some burgers, steaks. Yeah, Can you make some burgers, burgers and some, some broth? We got a bunch of burgers already made with the Burger Master. This grill is big enough. You could put 30 burgers on there. Well, oh my technically goodness. 34, but I don't think as a blind person I'd want to try that. That's too crowded. Now, what's a Burger Master? I, didn't, I don't remember we did the demo on that. Oh, that's right. I remember that. You're the, right. Where it shapes the burgers and, and does that yeah. kind of stuff. So so that would have been great. It, it, one other point I'm going to make on this subject, and that is, and if I've said it, and I've been saying it for a while now, and it's unfortunate, but it's going to happen, is it's these companies' ways of accessibility is these apps, either on the Android or the iPhone or some type of device. And I think with more and more things going digital or, you know, all the menus on the screens that you can't read, I think the days of buttons are are going away. And I think you'll... Do you do you think I'm correct in that statement that the days of buttons are going away? Try to find a new washer without buttons. 
I mean, well, I think buttons. I think everything is going to a touchscreen. Chris, if you had to use this grill without the iPhone, could it be modified uh, so that you could use it, or is it almost impossible? Uh, uh, you can, yeah. You you you'd have to count the clicks on the knob. They're very small, but it's doable. And we have also discovered that that app called Voice Stream will read this read the screen fairly well. The problem with with it is you don't always know what's highlighted like in the in the um internet stuff you know you you, you can't always tell if right there's several right. things It'll you can do screen, like you can forget the network you can uh see what version you're running and all but you don't know what's highlighted that's the but problem w- with the app though you can correct? yeah you can do that but when if you- all you want to do is turn it on and grill that is definitely doable it's when you have to get into the the grill defaults to 165 every time you turn it on and for the most part as far as we can tell and it do, this isn't always always true but every time you turn that knob it goes up five degrees every little click so what you have to do is you have to turn it to say you want 300 you have to turn it to 300 then take a picture and verify that you're really at 300 then push it in push the dial in and then hit the ignite button so unless you need to get into the menus to do something about the network or clear the auger or something like that you, if you don't ha- use a phone you can do the basic grilling part and to shut it down all you do is hold the knob in for three seconds and that shuts it down so. what is the highest temperature for the grill I mean, is it 300 the highest or no it no it'll go i think it's 500, 500? yeah it's 500 so if I was going to cook, I mean, I'm not really a cook, but if I was going to cook a steak on that grill, they talk about searing. Would you put it on 500 and lower the, the temperature? It started at 500 and lower it down to get. If you're sear. if you're going to sear, you would. I I don't especially think searing is all it's cracked up to be. Um, you guys aren't searers, though. You cook everything at 350 or. No, um, we're, I don't. I don't sear. That's true, but no, we don't. I, I cook. On the grill, I cook things a little lower and slower because I want to get in that that uh, smoke, that wood smoke, smoke that yeah. tastes kind of like charcoal. I want to get that in there. Now, I might start it out on, say, 250 or 225 and cook it that way for a half hour. And then I might turn it up to get it, go ahead and get it done a little faster. Depends on It really depends on how hungry we are. That depends upon time. But I, I think the, the reason I had you guys talk about this was you did overcome. It is now working and working to your satisfaction, even though you've got a new, and we'll be talking about that in further weeks, a new mesh router, which gave you much more range. But shame on these companies that tell you that they sold you the latest and the greatest last year and didn't tell you about the mesh router and and these things. So, but, hey, whatever, it's now working for you. We're going to talk about a topic this morning that was kind of brought to my attention yesterday. And maybe you guys have never ran into this, and maybe maybe this is unique to people I know or a few people that I've seen it. But as a visually impaired person or whatever, doctor's offices sometimes treat 
your confidentiality or they don't respect or honor that or if somebody cited a relative or somebody comes along they'll readily give them that information without your permission a have you ever had that happen b how would you handle that situation if you went in with oh i don't know let's say tim and his wife went in I don't know. Maybe do you guys kind of get what I'm saying? Where what what you're saying is that they're not obeying the HIPAA procedures. In other words, if I if I go to the doctors and I'm with you, and I have a a procedure, I'm going for something. Let's say God forbid it's cancer. God forbid it's anything. It doesn't matter what it is. They're not supposed to tell you anything about my health related condition unless I give them permission. Right. That that's the big that's the issue. So can you be more specific in the, in that sense, Bill? What what happened? Did this happen to you or a friend? No, of it didn't happen to me. It happened to a friend of mine where they, I don't, I some way or another, they gave the information to her sister or provided the email and sent her tests or some information to her sister that she didn't want a sister to have that particular information or I've seen people go in with blind people and the parents just overpower and say uh, you need to provide us this information so those are two examples anybody else I, it goes down to they just don't look. I mean, you sign all these papers and tell them who they're supposed to talk to, but they don't. It seems like they don't verify that that's that person. If they come with you, they're liable to tell them anything. Yeah, and they're not taking it seriously or respecting your right. But to... I don't think it's a blind thing. I think it's just the way the medical industry is and the way doctors' offices are now. They don't have they don't have the the management staff, the good office managers. I have know someone who schedules uh, procedures with the doctors when people go and have surgeries, and lots of times they don't even they won't return her phone calls if she leaves a message with her office managers. They just don't care. Well, that that's a totally different situation. But I, I I've never had that happen to me, Bill. But I, but I've I've been in the doctor's office where I've had at the time when I was married and I had my 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 you know all right my well, wife uh, and, and that mean... was a different situation. But I've never had I've never had that problem. But I've heard of it happening. But but it, here in New York State, they're pretty. They, they don't take any any garbage when it comes to that kind of stuff. At least here in New York State, they're very aware oh, of the Oh, I think I remember a situation now. We had somebody go in with their spouse, and she didn't particularly want them. And when she wouldn't do what the nurse told her to do, I forgot what it was. Maybe it's something to do with taking. They went and got her spouse and got the spouse involved you know, with that particular situation. So I'm But is that a bad thing if it's really vital to their health that they do what the doctor told them to do, that they got their spouse and told them that they needed to do it because they weren't doing it. But on the other hand, if I hadn't give permission to my spouse to have that information, don't I have that ultimate right to make that decision? Yeah, but if I'm mixing drugs that I shouldn't be mixing and you don't know it and they find out, you know, would you rather me be dead because they wouldn't tell you so that you could stop it? 
Depends. Um, no. No, it doesn't depend. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't I don't know, Jeff. How would all right? Your ex goes into the and they come and get your ex to talk to you about why you're not taking the extra blood pressure medicine or whatever. Yeah, I would be very to. unhappy about that, and I'd make it well known that I'm not happy about it. And I might actually go to the, the New York State Board of Medical uh, Licensing or medical uh, whatever agency. Well, if you were hey. divorced, I could see that would be a problem. But I, your spouse. Well, well but, but 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 the whole thing, Jennifer, is that the HIPAA law says that you have confidentiality. In other words, if if let's say I was married to you, Jennifer, and I didn't want you to know that I had cancer. Okay, now that, obviously that's not necessarily a realistic approach. But but what if I felt that way? I have that right to withhold that from you, even even though you are my you would be my spouse. That and that's the whole point of, of the HIPAA, how they, the uh, the Health Information Privacy Act. That was the whole point of what the HIPAA Act was all about. So yeah, I I think now I told this person how to go in and solve the problem because they were pretty upset because their their information had been provided you know to to somebody else. Well, sometimes they just don't pay attention and they just look up somebody with the same last name. Oh, well that's the person I'm supposed to be sending this to and send it to them. That happens lots of times too because they get careless. I don't know, because I've had that when they've called in to register me for something before when they'll start asking me questions and they're looking at the wrong person with the same last name or the same first name. Again, that, that all relates to the, the quality control at the doctor's office, too, Jennifer. That's another problem within itself. Part of the problem we're finding, at least here in New York State, is if you want to see a new doctor, because I had a doctor that retired, that it's tough to find a doctor with all the new health plans and all the new government rules and regulations. People, uh, doctors, are, they are finding that there is a shortage of doctors here in New York State. I'm talking about GPs, general practitioners. Everyone, everyone wants to be a specialist, of course, but there's a shortage of doctors these days, and that that's really a big problem here, at least here, and I'm sure it is all over the country. Anybody else on the panel want to weigh in? Well, I was going to mention something that actually was on our TV news last night. Another problem that people have with medical situations is um, insurance companies charging when they say you went to the doctor and had something done. And sometimes people that do work on the side like the anesthetists are not in your network and the doctor is but you get charged out of network rates for the anesthetist and that's called, kind of it's called is, a surprise bill yes yeah and that is ridiculous and and that can happen or they do unnecessary tests or sometimes you know but but yeah the the issue of you know, whatever. Chris, you want to give out that phone number one more time? I can do that. That phone number is 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. You'll be asked to press pound. Then you'll be asked for the meeting ID, which is 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. You'll be asked to press pound again. Then you'll press pound one more time when you're asked for the user ID, and you will be in the room. And if you don't want to do the phone, 
800-693-0595. Press whatever option and leave your comment, and I'll take it off the line if you want it to be used on the air, and we'll we'll comment on that. We have a uh, raised hand from Ellen, I believe, Bill. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ellen. Go ahead, Ellen. Try it again. Go ahead, Ellen. Let's see what's... I'm not sure why it's not unmuting, but I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe you have to unmute her, Bill. All right. Does that help? Go ahead, ahead, Ellen. Ellen, go ahead. Well, you're there, but you're in the distance. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Now it is. There it is. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I had a situation. Well, this was back when I was when I was a kid. We had my, my mom would go with me to the doctor's office, and you know how when they ask you your history and whatever. Well, mom took over, which was actually okay because when you're little, I you don't know everything. So, but um, now you know it's not a problem now. But you know, at least I was able to get information that I didn't know. Yeah, when so. when you're a minor child, then the parent probably should, I mean, should yeah or would, you know, have access to that information and make those decisions. But, you know, unless you're older and judged to be legally incompetent or need somebody to manage what you do, um, that's a completely, you know, different... That's a whole different story. Yeah, I know. Right. What we used to run into at Social Security office was we'd have people call in and want to know about such and such as, well, that's my son or that's my sister, brother, whatever the case may be. And we said, I'm sorry, but I can't provide you that information. Well, he lives with me and I pay the bills and I do what I'm sorry, unless I have his specific and I've identified him or her, I can't provide that information. And some people would cave in because the person would get more persistent or demanding and i would explain well if it's that bad then you need well i don't want to go to all that trouble you need to go to the social security office and apply to become the representative payee you know we need some documentation from a doctor's office that this individual does need a representative payee and you can't just assume that you can take over somebody's business but people try that I think another problem is when you go to a doctor, you don't necessarily get to see the doctor. So when I first started with this practice I was with, all I was doing was seeing the nurse practitioner. And I finally said, look, I want to see a doctor. I don't want to see the nurse practitioner. I want to have my appointments with the doctor. Is that possible? And they said, well, oh, all you had to do was ask us. I said, then why did you set me up with a nurse practitioner? Why? Because the practice is so overcrowded that the nurse practitioner takes your blood pressure, does your prescriptions, does all that. But I want to see a doctor. I want to, I want to talk to a doctor. And that, that, that was my big problem with the practice I was in. Yeah, and that, that that can definitely be a problem where you can't see a doctor. But, yeah, I used to, we used to see that all the time at Social Security office where people would want to access information about someone else. And, you know, they, they just assumed that they had that God-given right to do that. And they just can't do it. And... I mean, how many times have, you know, we've seen that? And 
can make you very unpopular with a lot of people when you don't provide information about someone and they think that you need to provide it. And it, it could be a real problem, you know, for 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 doing that. You know, I, I you know, fortunately, I, th- I think for the most part, I think that that situation is much better nowadays. I think sometimes, you know, people, even uh, relatives or friends or overpower people and they don't know what rights they have, what they don't have. They get a little confused, pressured. So, you know, it can happen. By the way, Bill, talking about other things besides doctors, there was a scam going on. I got a phone call yesterday telling me that my Social Security was, I was under investigation and my Social Security was going to be cut off. Oh, now, we've that, been getting that one. Oh, yeah. That is, that. A, that is definitely a scam. And it, the Social Security will never call you to tell you that your Social Security is going to be getting, getting cut off. You well, will, you and, will, and if it, they would, they would give you a local office phone number, some identification. Or you get some sort of letter saying that uh, right. that there's a hearing involved in your case. They wouldn't just cut your Social Security off without some sort of hearing or some sort of process. Right. They're, your your benefits aren't going to just be stopped out of the sky. And just, you know, you, you just got to be so careful out there. You get letters and they just assume. I remember even working at Social Security office, they didn't want to send letters out in Braille. They wanted to either call somebody or send them on CD or whatever for the longest time they didn't want to do that or you know these letters that come from the government aren't exactly not confusing you know they can be very very confusing and very overwhelming you're there you get a letter that says your benefit what do you mean my benefits are going to be cut off or i've got to do this if i don't do that you know and it can be very, 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 very confusing, especially if you can't read the notice. You know, I, the, when I worked, we had scanners per se, but not everybody had access to a scanner to read to read those pieces of mail or not understanding that they have to fill out a report or something have to be done in order so that their benefits would not be stopped. You know, especially a lot of people who receive Social Security disability, you know, every two, three years, they would, you know, do an investigation to see if they were still disabled. And some people would either ignore those or just didn't know what to do. And that could lead to, to benefits being suspended. Well, but they don't have an accessible way for you to fill out form. I mean, you get the form in the mail that tells you you have to do this report, and if you don't have anybody cited there to do it. That's true. Well, was that at the government's position? If I remember correctly, and I was working on uh, affirmative action back in the 70s and stuff, we talked about this in the late 70s when I was working at Easter Seals, and the government's approach was, that's not our problem, that's your problem. And and I don't know know if that's the same way today, but uh, but back then, if you had a, a, a problem with Social Security and they gave you you a notice and you couldn't read it and you didn't know what it was all about and you lost your benefits well you got the notice but hey i couldn't read it well no that's not our problem that's your problem well now they've they've, they've changed their approach jeff they they have changed their approach now it's not no i know that but that so was bad. what it was back then right well you're you're exactly right and how many times have you ever been we're getting back to the doctor's office again 
Well, you go to the doctor's office and you get these forms that need to be completed before you can even see the doctor. Maybe it's a new doctor or whatever, and maybe you're there. You know, I might be going there with the cab driver, and they'll hand it to the cab driver and say, hey, that's not my job. I'm the driver, you know. And so that that can be an issue, but I think most offices or good offices will have somebody sit down with you and make sure that those forms get completed. Chris, did you want to say something? I thought they, I they have to if you go in by yourself and just you know they, if they want them filled out, they better fill them out. I had right. a, I had an issue with my doctor initially when I got this new practice. And I said I told him in advance. I'm totally blind. I cannot fill your forms out. Can you provide me someone with assistance to do that? And they said, no problem. So, you know, it all depends on the on the practice and the people involved in the practice and the attitudes in the office itself. I think that's that's the big issue. I've actually never had any problem with that as long as I didn't take a sighted person with me. Because if you take a sighted person with you, they're going to want them to fill them out. And maybe that's okay, but maybe it isn't. Maybe you don't want them filling them out. As it was, the lady that was filling out the forms, it wasn't it wasn't using a pencil and paper. It was using a computer to begin with. So that's different. And I think what they're doing now is they're, when you when you have to fill out forms in my doctor's office, they give you an iPad computer and you fill out the form on the computer. Yeah, that, that's different. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing here, I'm I'm preparing a. One of our listeners has some comments, and I'm just. I'm preparing something here. Um, I know that was part of the registration process of the when I went for my knee surgery. Is they had a, in the in the surgery center they had an iPad or a tablet of some kind that you had to that you used to fill out the registration with. And were you able to get the proper help to do that, Jennifer, at the time when you had that? I had a sighted person with me, so they helped me do it. But I don't know if the tablet would have been accessible. I suppose the admittance person would have helped me if I didn't have anybody else to do it. Well, the tablet, if it was an iPad, it might have been accessible. But the problem is the form itself might not have been accessible. So, you know, that's, that's you know, I, I always say to people with uh, visual impairments, you know, we're, we're making great strides and there's a lot of accessibility. But it always seems like whenever something new comes out or something changes, we're always too, it's, we're, we're going two steps forward and, and going five steps behind. Right, so. and you're making the assumption that somebody can use the iPad and that. We've got some comments, Jeff, from Debbie. No, I've not. I'm playing these unedited. This is just the way it is. This is Debbie. She called in uh, on the comment line at 800-693-0595, and she made some comments. Let's see what Debbie has to say. Bill and crew, this is Debbie Morgan. Um, if you want to put this on the air, you can. I know of a disabled lady who is elderly. She's in her 80s. She has um, home health care services from a certain company. This person who is her caregiver has somehow um, taken over her bank account. She used to get her uh, bank state statements in an accessible format. She no longer gets them that way. Um, she, this lady has just pretty much taken over her life. Um, she doesn't want those of us who know this person. 
she doesn't want people visiting her. Um, I have talked to this lady's son and her brother, but what can be done to help this person? I am very concerned about her and concerned that she's going to end up with nothing. Um, thank you. If anybody has any ideas, let me know. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay, Debbie, Debbie, your problem is a problem that is not unfamiliar, and we hear about this all the time in New York. How many times have you heard that in the news, Bill? Oh, many, many times. And first thing, I, and you know, Debbie, what county she lives in, I would probably contact the Office on Aging. I would start there, maybe the, you know, one of the senior citizen agencies who, who deal with this. You find this situation when they're isolating them and taking over a bank account, it's a money issue. And this type of person is, you know, getting abused, and it's it's terrible. I mean, maybe it's legitimate, but I kind of doubt it when when they do those types of things. Unfortunately, one of the things that we find is that when money's involved and there's greed involved, well... You know what happens. Um, There's also adult protective services. That's yeah, that, exactly that's the other correct. Thing. And also, Good never, point. ever, ever let someone have power of attorney that you don't know or you're not familiar with or that you don't trust. Because if, if this person gave that individual, the caregiver, power of attorney, and uh, she could she could rob her, well, pardon the pun, but she could rob her blind in one, with one fell swoop. So I would say definitely be very, very careful and definitely contact adult services for her. If she can't do it herself, that'd be... And because there probably is something going on. And, you know, just like Debbie did, if if you put a comment on there, just give me permission and we'll run it right over the air. If you have comments, 800-693-0595, press option one. But, you know, that is one way or, you know, you can call in the numbers that, that Chris gave because we really want feedback because, unfortunately, we've seen all of these things happen in our lives to loved ones, relatives. Now, this used to get us into a tangle at Social Security. Social Security does not recognize power of attorney. Now, you want to get somebody mad, tell them that, but they do not. You have to actually become what is known as a representative payee in order to be able to conduct Social Security business for them. They can bring you papers. It doesn't make any difference. So... Now, let me preface my statement. When I left Social Security, and I don't think that that has changed, we were not recognizing power of attorney. So, But that would get people just a little bit upset when they thought POA um, meant something. And, and there are times that power of attorney, I'm sure, is a great thing, especially I remember... Several years ago, when my mother went into a coma and she didn't have one, we had to go to the attorney's office to get that done so that we could do what had to be done for the rest of her natural life so that we could help her because she wasn't coming back as we know it. And fortunately, she only held on for another two or three days after after we got the power of attorney. And, you know, but it it is a decision. 
Any other comments? Yeah, I was going to say real quick, Bill, that is still true with Social Security. Yeah, I thought so. But I get then a thing, and maybe I better preface that because... But it, I, I think it's a good thing because, you know, they would call in, I've got POA, you will give me the, no, I'm sorry, but I can't provide you that information. And if you were a good agent, you didn't cave into that and didn't, didn't let people push you around and do benefit. You know, I've had people call in on the phone where, there it'd be tim would call in and he's having a little bit of trouble and whatever and the person in the background is tim say this tim say that and we would have to say i'm sorry but you're interfering with tim we need to talk to tim one-on-one and if you know you keep commenting or not letting him you know, speak for himself, then, you know, we are going to have to schedule an appointment or make some other arrangements. So it's, you know, you know, things that you have to do, you have to use your instinct. So, but, but we would have that done, you know, it would, it would get a little tricky, but I'm glad you pointed that out to him. Well, it looks like we're almost ab- about out of time for this hour. I'm going to need about two minutes to run one of those, what do they call it, those fancy spots? Uh, you know, but <clears throat> Jeff, do you have anything else before? No, I, I really was going to say the rep payee is very important. I know that my daughter gets uh, Social Security through me because I'm, I'm retired. And uh, because my, she doesn't live with me, uh, and my, my ex-wife is the rep payee for my daughter. So, And I'm familiar with that because when I worked as a computer programmer, we handled people who were on SSI. It was called the State Data Exchange. And we would see the names of the people who were on SSI, but we'd also see rep payees for those individuals as well. So that, that's been around for a long time. I, I mean, I started programming computers back in 1980, and it's been around for that for you know since at least then and even earlier than that. I'm going to tell you that's one of the most abused systems I've ever seen is people that abuse money for children. Oh, don't get me started on that. Oh, my. Or elderly people or that's how some of these people make their living off of this. You know, you always wonder when you've got a person who's the representative payee for six or seven or eight different people that aren't even relative or whatever the case may be. So it's what it is. But let's do a spot and then we'll come back and set up next hour. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. I do not love him. Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. 
Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouthful, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. The only thing Live 365 I wish you would do is mute these commercials so we didn't have to hear these one same spots. Of course, do you guys hear something different at home? But <laughs> we're, we get a little bit used to those um, spots. Well, we've reached the second hour, and I think it's time for Chris and Dave's demo. And their demo is something today that... Well, they'll tell you they got it based upon need, something that they had a need for. So, Dave and Chris, if you want to introduce the demo for this week. Well, today we're going to talk about something that most people most likely could use. This is called a wonder winder. Wonder winder. And um, what it's for, it, if you have a long extension cord, you need to run a long extension cord. You know what happens when you try to wind that thing back up when you're done using it? It gets tangled up and twisted and all that kind of stuff. Well, we've got a gadget today that can solve that problem. That's what the Wonder Winder is all about. Well, that's what we want to stay tuned and pay attention to. And here we go. Sit back, fill up your coffee, do whatever you got to do. But here comes the Wonder Winder. Well, hello once again, everyone, and welcome to another exciting demo. Well, today we're going to talk about something that a lot of people probably don't think about too much, but we're going to talk today about a gizmo. Um, If you folks have long extension cords and you have to mess around trying to wind them up around your arm or however you do it. There is a gizmo out there on the market, and Chris and I have had one of these for Since quite a while. 2011, September of 2011. So, anyway, um, first thing I'll do is let Chris give you the information about this product. When we bought this, it was called a Wonder Winder, W-O-N-D-E-R, W-I-N-D-E-R. Amazon, if you put in the search for Wonder Winder, you can still find it, but Amazon seems to now be calling it a hand crank extension cord winder. It will hold 
up to 150 feet of extension cord. It is made by a company called Greenleaf. And that's green like the color and leaf like the thing on a tree. Is that one word or two words? Um, Greenleaf is, I believe, two words. Amazon currently has it for $34.40. Walmart has a third-party seller that has it for $45. It does not come with a cord. Right. The cords are optional, and the reason for that is because there's all different size cords. Like, we have a 100-foot cord in ours. Right. But it's a real heavy one. So, what I'm going to do now is try to explain uh, what this thing looks like. <laughs> well, first of all, it is it, you have a plastic case. It's um, rounded uh, from the bottom. Let's say you put your hands in the very front of it. When it's on the wall, you have an opening. It just, you like a round opening. And on the top of that opening, running from front to back, this is assuming that it's on the wall, uh, there is a big slot. And when you wind your cord up, it winds the cord up. You'll feel a round wheel uh, inside this opening. And if the cord is wound up on it, you would feel the cord uh, on it. And then, of course, if you go to the back, there is a lever. It's a pretty good size lever, kind of like a little handle, but it doesn't have an opening in it to put your fingers in. It feels kind of like a little plastic lever. It's about, uh, oh, two inches wide. Yeah, it's pretty good size. It's pretty good size lever. You can't miss it. And that's what you use to hold whenever you go to wind your cord up. You hold that and uh, the way I have this uh, put together, uh, it's the, the crank is on the right hand side of this plastic case. You can put it on the left. You can put it on the left if you, if you choose to. I find it easier for me because I'm right handed to have the crank on the right. <clears throat> so, um, now we were talking about the round opening on the very front of the unit, but when you take your hands down around the bottom of the unit, there's a great big opening. Um, a, a, well, it's a wider opening. And there is a I guess you could call it a mesh basket. It is a basket, but it's it's like a mesh, but it has real wide holes the whole way around it. It's um, like it's made out of heavy, 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 heavy twine. Kind of like that. Sort of. We dis we discussed how to explain it, and it's kind of hard to really explain so that you can really picture it. So, anyway, I'll walk back over here, and um, this basket has a, uh, about halfway down this basket, there's a round rim that goes around it that kind of reinforces this basket, and this mesh is wraps around the outside of that basket and then goes on down, and at the bottom of the basket, there's another ring. 
uh, it's for reinforcement. And then coming out of the bottom of the basket, uh, the, the bottom of the basket has a great big wide hole. It's probably, I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say seven and a half inches round this opening is. So <clears throat> the first thing you do when you get this thing is it's in two pieces and there is a round uh, piece by itself. It's about oh gonna guess three and a half inches round and <clears throat> It's flat on one side with a little slot that goes around, well, the, the, the bottom edge of it, we'll call it. Uh, it's flat in the middle, and then right around the edge, there's a slot that goes the whole way around it. And on the top of that, where if you, if you, if you were to lay this, that is your mount, like to mount it on the wall. So you would lay this flat piece down, on the table and when you do that and if you look inside there are two holes one at the top one at the bottom that goes through the flat piece on the outside of the bottom of that mount that's what the two, the two screw, uh, bo- uh, screws wood screws if you're going to put it into something that's wooden like the studs on your if you're in your garage which is what I did and uh, once you uh, you're going to put that mount on the wall first so you make sure that your holes in the mount are going vertical so you have one at the top and one at the bottom and if you got a stud finder or if you know where your studs are you can uh, put the wood screws, uh, a wood uh, a wood screw. Uh, w- I'm referring to this using uh, mounting it to the studs in my garage. So, like I said, if you know if you know where they are, you put one wood screw in the top hole and turn it in till it's almost tight, and then you can make sure it's straight up and down and then put the second screw in and draw it in real tight then after you uh, after you put this mount on the wall you take this the other piece this is the actual mount of the other unit itself the winder unit that's the first piece we were talking about and by the way this 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 unit with the openings and all that kind of stuff and the crank on it it's about um, well I'm gonna say it's three inches thick or from side to side except for the uh, the bottom opening and that's that's a little bigger it comes down uh, from the bottom and the top of course it's it's almost flat on the top with the big opening with the wheel in there and and the lever and um, so I mean that's about the thickness from front to back um, if it's on the mount and it's mounted to the wall it's probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of um, 10 inches from 
from the wall out to the opening, the round opening on the front of the uh, winder. Just a reminder: when I was when I was telling you about uh, putting the screws in the wall, don't forget uh, I said to leave one of the screws loose so that you could straighten it up. Don't forget to tighten that the screw that you had loose. Tighten that down tight, because when you go that because the next thing that you do uh, is you you take the winder itself. And if you have it, if you have your mount mounted straight on the wall, you're going to take this winder and you're going to, you'll see at the, the bottom, we'll call this the, the back end of the, of the winder, not the end with the big opening on it, but the back end of the winder has a, a little bit smaller opening and there's a tab on the t top of that round piece sticking out of the winder and a tab on the bottom of it sticking out of the winder. And on the mount that's on the wall, there are slots. There's a slot at the top. It's sort of on an angle at the top and an angle on the bottom. So, and the object is you take the winder and you find the tabs on the top of the winder and take it over to the mount. You'll find the slots on the the mount that you just put on the wall. You're going to stick the line it so that the tab at the top and the tab at the bottom go into of the of the winder go into the mount and once you get them into the mount you turn it clockwise to lock uh, uh, to lock it onto the wall that that locks the uh, winder into the wall into the mount. Jeez, must be one of those days. But anyway, you turn it so that these the, the slots it'll t it'll turn. If you have it into the into the slots onto the mount, and you turn it, it will stop. It, it'll turn so far, probably maybe oh, not even a quarter of a turn, and you'll feel it stop. And then the unit should be it should be setting straight on the wall if you had the screws that on your mount vertical whenever you put it on the wall. So whenever you turn it clockwise that locks that thing to the wall and the winder winds up straight on the uh, on the mount. Now just a note and just in case this happens when I got mine in the box, it, it was assembled, the the, um, the winder unit itself. It, it already had the crank on it, but I wanted to see how it was on, so I took it apart, um, you know, the crank out, so that I, I knew if I ever had to get a new crank or if I ever had to do something to the unit, I would be able to put it put it together. So if that happens that you get it and it's not, the crank is not installed, it's very simple to do. It just slips through one side and it snaps into the other side. And uh, it's to say if the crank, if you want the crank on the right, for example, you stick it through from 
on the right side, take the crank in your hand and there's a shaft on the end of the crank and you just stick that through the winder and the wheel, there's a wheel inside, you stick it through the winder into the wheel and it'll come out the opposite side of the winder and snap into place. And if you if you reverse it, you just do the same thing. You stick the the uh, the shaft on the the bottom end of the crank uh, through the left side, and it'll come out through the wheel and then out the outside and snap into place. So it's that simple. I mean, the assembly is not that hard for the mount part in the winder. So. Then the next thing you have to do is you get an extension cord. And, you can, of course, you can buy extension cords anywhere. And especially if you're going to go, you know, like, uh, you know, 50 feet, 100 feet, you know, you don't want to use a real light cord. You probably want to use, like, maybe a 12-gauge or something like that. We have uh, an outdoor extension cord. Yeah, because we use, we have it mounted in the garage, but we use it outdoors probably a lot more than we do on the in, uh, indoors. And um, so the first thing you have to do is, now remember that I said there was a this mesh basket uh, on the, uh, it's hanging down with this on the wall and it's hanging down from, the basket is hanging down from the bottom uh, opening down and um, at the bottom of it, as I said, is a a big hole. So now you find the big opening on the top. You're going to find the plug on the end of the extension cord, not the receptacle end of the cord, but the plug on the, plug into the wall. that you plug into the wall. That part of the cord. You want to take that plug, and you are going to find. Your, their, your big opening on the top of this unit, assuming it's on the wall. And then what you're going to do is take the, um, you're going to take that plug, and if you take your hands and you find that big wheel that's in there, and um, you want to go behind it or towards the wall, assuming this is on the wall. And you're going to take that plug and you're going to push it down through between the wheel and the back of the winder and it's going to go down through the um, it's going to go down through the winder and it's going to come out down into that mesh basket and when it gets down into the mesh basket let it come clear down and let it come out the uh, hole out of the big hole of the basket. The one in the bottom. The one at the very bottom of the basket. The great big hole. Let that end of the with the plug on it come out. Now, depending on how far away your receptacle is that you're going to plug your extension cord into, that's how much cord you want to pull down from your extension cord so that you can reach the uh, receptacle where the cord plugs into your wall and you want to make sure you got enough cord sticking out of that the bottom of that basket to reach that receptacle 
Okay, so then after you have that down through, uh, unwrap your extension cords and stretch it out. Let just let it stretch out, and we're being bugged by a lawnmower, so we hope that doesn't mess things up too bad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a little quieter now. So anyway, uh, now make sure that that cord is stretched out so that when you go to wind this cord up uh you know you don't want any kinks in it and if you have kinks just sort of i i usually take one hand on the cord and and uh, just sort of let it slide through my fingers as i wind it up you know what'd you say chris i said and i throw it over my shoulder to kind of help keep it straight. Yeah, I usually don't. I usually just sort of keep it between my fingers. And as I crank it up, uh, then uh, it, it does okay. And everybody has different ways. They might want to keep an eye on where the cord is and whether it has kinks in it or not. Now, if you're not worried about um, whether that is uh, kinked real bad or anything like that, and if you have it straight, what you can do is you, you take one hand, now that you've got the cord stretched out, and you're going to bring it up. And you remember at the beginning, we talked about a big lever at the back end behind that wheel where you put that uh, your plug down through. Then you're going to take your hands... Sorry about the lawnmower. Well, nothing we can do about it. <laughs> anyway, so you're going to take one. You'll take if if you if you're not worried about the cord, uh, just take one hand and find the lever. Take your hands up on the top of the winder and take your hands and push on that lever toward the wall. Towards the wall. Push towards the wall and push on it. Don't you don't have to force it, but push it so that your hand is pushing it tight firmly firmly and then you take a hold of the crank and you start cranking it and it will wind the cord up and you want to be careful you don't crank it up too far when it gets up oh maybe oh i don't know six inches or so yeah we usually leave about six eight inches hanging out when it gets up to that opening, uh, within about six inches, just let go. Of the receptacle. And of the, uh, when that receptacle end of the cord gets up within about six inches. We'll make sure we clarify that. Uh, your cord is wound up. And uh, I did pause the recorder when I was winding it because I had it on wrap because our people that were working in our yard today, they were using my 100-foot extension cord. So, we, but in, we use this thing a lot. It gets a lot of use. When we grill outside um, and use the Traeger, we use the extension cord. Because it is a really heavy one. And um, it works well. Um, you just want to make sure that when you, when you use this thing, uh, and when you mount it to the wall, make sure your screws are good and tight. And don't forget that when you go to put the uh, winder uh, tabs into the mount slots, that you turn it so that it locks onto the wall. And it will stop but, you know, when, when you turn it counterclockwise. And that's how the unit works. Um, uh, 
when we can, there's there's another gizmo out there, and it's a water winder, which that thing is really amazing. That's it's, for your hose. That's for your water hose. If you got a long hose, some people have 50-foot hoses, some have 100-foot hoses. We didn't really think it would work, but we'll get to that another week. Right. That'll be something for another time. Anyway, that's how the unit works. Um, we apologize for the noise with the lawnmower, but sometimes you can't win. So right now I'll have Chris give you the information about the product. This is from Amazon and other places have it too. It is called the Wonder Winder, or that's what it was called when we bought ours eight years ago. Now, Amazon, if you do a search for Wonder Winder, you still find it, but they're calling it a hand crank extension cord winder. Uh, it is by Greenleaf, and it currently sells on Amazon for $34.40. You can get it at Walmart through a third-party seller for $45. I saw the suggested retail price is $56. I saw that at, I think it was Walmart. Um, it's a nice thing. And like I said, we've, we've been using ours, and it has served us very well. It's worth the $34. Sure, it's saved us a heck of a lot of trouble. And... Uh, but that's pretty much uh, how this how this unit works. If you have any questions, you can always email Bill Sparks at bill at billsparks.org. And if he can answer the question, that's great. And if not, he'll get a hold of us and uh, we'll try to answer the questions you might have about this product. Or if you have any comments or questions during this live broadcast, you may reach us by dialing or calling 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. You'll be asked to enter the pound sign. Do that. You'll be asked for a meeting ID. You will enter 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. Press pound again. You will be asked for a user ID. Press pound one more time, and you'll be in the room where you can ask your question or make your comment about this product. Well, that's it for now for this demo. Stay tuned next week for another, another exciting, exciting demo. You know, I'd still find a way to get it tangled up. <laughs> I can tap my wire from my phone coming from the adapter and still find a way to tangle it up or get it under the chair. It doesn't matter. Just me and cords, we just have a thing. I have a six-foot telephone charging cable for, for my iPhone, and it's made out of this nylon cord. No, it's not nylon. It's made out of this cord. It feels like hemp. Have you ever seen those, Dave? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen and I, I, I have a couple of those. I swear, those things are the most indestructible cords I've ever seen. I, unless unless I'm doing something wrong, I can't seem to break it or do anything wrong with it. So. And they don't tangle. They don't. You're right. They, and if they do tangle, you got to be doing something to make it tangle. Right, Chris? That, that's how I look at those cords. They I, are much. They are really the nuts when it comes to telephone charging cords. I mean, I can be on my couch and still use my phone, and it, it you know, it, it's, it's very convenient to have a cord like that. I, I can make things happen. I can. It does not matter. Uh, they say here's a pair of ear earbuds. They're tangle free. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not with him, but you'll never get him back in the case untangled. No, I, I I've gotten more knots out of earphone wires, and, and I don't even know why I bother, because if I get them all out and give them back to him within a few days, they'll be just in the shape they were before I started. Well, I have a pair of ear, earbuds that are in my back pocket, and the only time I use them is when I go to the bank and I use the ATM, and they always get tangled, but I always spend about two minutes or three minutes untangling, because there's no way I can get them in my pocket. They're always going to be tangled, so I know that already. So I have to Yeah, they, they do that. <laughs> you know? I've never seen a pair of earbuds that don't, unless, unless they are like a high quality. Co- what about those old regular telephone cords in the old days of you know, the coil cords? Those get tangled too, and they're, they're a mess to untangle. So. Yeah, they, they can be a little tough to get untangled too, because yeah. they're coiled and. And the coils wrap around each other, and they get knotted occasionally, and that's a that's a that's a job and a half as well. So that's right. You get used to that, Dave. I think we, you should you should open up your own repair shop, and we can all send our products to you to get repaired. We just try <laughs> our best to keep them away from wires. Yeah, I need. Yeah, them. now I I saw. Well, in fact, I have a couple of these. They're um, they're little cables. They have a a USB cable on one end, and then there's this little round thing, and coming out of the other end is an eighth inch jack. And when you pull it, it unwinds, and then there's a little button on this thing, and you push it, and it winds it back up. It's that's pretty cool. But I wish they'd do that with the uh, earbuds. I had a friend of mine who had patch cords, and he and he'd have these little holders that the patch cords go into, and they don't they don't tangle when you put them in these little plastic things. I don't know uh, what you call them, Dave, but but he that's how he he kept them all straight. I'm not sure if that works or not, but that's what he did. Yeah, some of the Apple products come with a little thing like that. There you go. Did you want to say something, Tim? We don't want to. I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, well, no, but I was muted and I couldn't unmute. Anyway, but, but I now did. I can. I... Anyway, uh, I was going to say the uh, uh, the HDMI cables are a lot of those are that with that untangle proof covering on them. Yeah, they're pretty nice. But yeah. the funny thing is, when you buy these Apple products and they need an HDMI cable, they don't come with one. You've got to buy it. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got to buy it. I have a deal for my, well, it came with a set of Sony headphones I bought about 30 years ago, earbuds. And uh, it's a little round uh, container that you put the headphones in the little slots. And then you wind it up, and I I still use it all the time. <laughs> you can get those now. Uh, they come in a square container instead of a round one. They don't all all earbuds obviously don't come in it, but we've gotten a few pairs that did come in a little square plastic thing. It's like yeah. that. You put the earbuds in first, and then you wind. Yeah, but uh, like the one that used to come with the Apple earbuds was pretty worthless, <laughs> the little square. It's a little tricky to get that thing to work. It does. but, uh, oh, but fact, You have I'm... to work at it to get that cord in there just right. So it'll yeah, pass. and you have to start them right, too. Dave, I got yeah. the perfect repair for you. I have an old radio from years and years ago that the dial cord broke on it, so it needs to be repaired. Would you like to take on that project? Oh, that wouldn't <laughs> bother me at all. <laughs> I've strung a lot of tuners. <laughs> oh, man, I remember those dial cords used to break oh or get loose or stretched out or something i had a radio i took it to the repair shop because i couldn't get it to change channels and i took it all the way to the repair shop and when i got to the repair shop evidently bouncing around on the bus or whatever must have made it tighten enough and get back into place because the dumb thing worked when i got there (laughs) did it stay working so then i used to just 
every once in a while when it would get that way, I'd take it for a walk and shake it for a while when it would start working again. <laughs> yeah, they make a little, well, it's, it's, it's not like a grease, but it's sort of sticky, and you put that on your tuner string, so then that'll make it nice and tight. That's yeah, almost like, a thing of the past, by the way, Dave, because anything you buy today is all digitally tuned, so that the yeah. dial cord is just a thing of the past. But I went through more dial cords, and I gave my parents more heart attacks, when the, and my dad would say, all right, you broke the dial cord on the radio again. Can't you listen to just one radio station? I said, no, I, I, I'm always constantly using the radio. <laughs> Between that and aerials on radios... You know, oh, antennas! Yeah. yeah, that you pull up. Yeah, well, that's they, a, that's a given. You can't once they bend and once they bend and break, that's it. They, you know, they, there's no there's no getting around it. They have to be replaced at some point. Yeah, but find a radio repair place now. That's another issue. They they just don't have those type of repair shops anymore. Yep. To to do that type of stuff. You know, I don't even know. Shit. Can you still buy tubes, Dave? I mean, I don't know too many things that run with tubes, but if you had an old TV set that you were still using and you needed a tube for it, can you still buy tubes? I'm sure. I'm sure you can somewhere on on the surplus market or on the. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple wholesalers for dealers that they, um, and if you request a particular tube, you can find it. Yeah, Some of them are a little hard to find. <laughs> Got me kind of thinking about the old, where you go down to the drugstore and <laughs> use the tube, tube tester. tester. Yeah, I remember those. I remember those days. I now, do remember that, Tim. D- Dave, if I was running a CB and I had a base station and I wanted to crank the power up, remember they used to have those tube type. Uh, what are they? Oh, called? linear amplifiers. Yeah. <laughs> do they still make those, or what? What? What do the people use now? Well, they're out there somewhere. Now they're solid state. They're transistor. Yeah, remember. So you don't have the- you don't have the tubes like. Uh, well, I had a, a, a Drake ham radio, and um, it had it had uh, tubes in it, and um, you had to have uh, Science for the Blind made a, a meter that, um, that that you could connect it up to the meter in the radio. And it had a it had a dial on it with braille going around it, and it had a knob, and you turned the knob, and it had a pointer on it. And when your tone got, when you were tuning the radio, and the tone got quiet, you looked at the knob to see where the uh, what number it was on, and that was your meter reading, so you could tune your radio with it, and it worked pretty good. Yeah, I remember those old days, and we used to crank those things up. And boy, they could dim the lights. Some of those two. Oh yeah, remember those old. Yeah, and you could get a different one's television set too. That, that was the other problem with those. Those oh, old yeah. Mavericks, especially if they were on antenna. Oh. Well, even on cable, sometimes it interfered. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember the guy that lived upstairs from me. He had some kind of rig on his CB, and when he would turn the thing on, it would come through the TV, the talking clock, toaster. <laughs> And I always remember poorly shielded stereo systems where people driving by with high-powered CVs, all of a sudden you'd hear, ah, it's a big 10-4. <laughs> yeah, it's a big 10 How'd that go, Tim? <laughs> I had, when I lived in Fayetteville, we had cable, and you're right, it did come over the cable system some. Oh, yeah, especially used to be on the TVs with the antennas. Whoa, Channel 5 was bad about that. Channel yeah. 2, yeah. It really made you mad, though, especially if you were recording a TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? And uh, I mean, I know CB is still around, and there are people who still use it, but it's certainly not like it used to be now with the Internet. 
You know, I mean, I haven't I haven't listened to CB in a long time, but I used to listen to Channel 19, and I've listened to Channel, what was the other one? The Channel 7, I think it was, one of those channels. I forgot which one it was, but uh, they had this guy that they would whistle. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. And I'd listen to, I can't do, I can't whistle on the high, but that's what they had, so I remember those days, too. I used to monitor the React on Channel 9. That was a boring job for the most part. Yeah. You know, we would take an hour or two, we'd take our shift each day, and we'd have to do that. Did you have a CB when you were younger, Dave? Did you have a Cobra? Did you have? Oh, I did. I had. Well, oh. I, I repaired C, CB radios for years. And um, in fact, you have to get that. Chris. I took um, took this. I had this calculator, and <laughs> you really weren't supposed to do it. But I took this calculator and turned it into a remote control that could give me all the channels I ever needed in my CB radio. So. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. And how, how many people actually actually went out and got a CB license? Because, uh, you know, for, you know, you, you had to get a CB license and they gave you a call and all that stuff. But then they got rid of the li- Now you don't need to get a license anymore for a CB. But you used I to have to have I got, a license. I got a license. I remember getting a license. It used to be a big thing to get a license. Yeah. And, yeah, it was after Betty Ford got a, uh, a license and didn't have to pay for it. And <laughs> that stirred up a hornet's nest, and then they decided you didn't need the license anymore. Yeah, you didn't need one. And, you know, what was the point? Yeah, really. What was the point to, to do that? Hey, you know, while we've been talking about the CBs, and we haven't had time to do this in a while. Jennifer, have you been reading any good books lately? I have read a few, few pretty good ones. I read one not long ago about a, it was called Time, T-H-Y-M-E of Death, and it was by uh, Susan Wittig Albert, and it was uh, about this lady that was an herbalist, and she ended up helping solve a, a murder because one of her friends was was killed, and they thought it was suicide because she'd been sick, and, and that was a pretty good book. There were all kinds of twists and turns in it. Oh, see, there you go, and you get your books from Bard and, and... I got that one from Bard, yes. Yeah, have to play Scarborough Fair in honor of that. Parsley, sage, rosemary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what that, you about know that, you, Bill? You've been and, you know that, and you know that song, Tim, is actually two songs in one. One's called The Catacle, and the other one is the regular song, you know. If you listen to that, yeah. you know, rose, yep. parsley. And what have I been reading, Jennifer? I'm reading a book now, and I forget the name of the author. And it's called Complicated. It's about a county sheriff and meeting this girl, and she was a singer and all kind of things, and his kids and his ex-wife. And I've read some African-American books lately, some of that heritage, and I've read. I, I read from Audible and from Bard. And some people, I've got a Victor Stream, but I've been using my iPhone because I find I get much better results and faster and and those kind of things. But, you know, there's just so many things to read out there and articles and podcasts and things to do, you know, when well, phone works great for Bard and also I, for podcasts, I use Overcast. Oh, I use Overcast yeah. as well. I, I love that app. It I really love works good. that app more than anything. It is the greatest. I can get wide varieties of subjects of 
of things to read and do and read and read and read. Did that replace Downcast? I used to use Downcast a long time ago when I first started using the iPod and the iPhone. They've got Downcast still, but it's not as good as this Overcast. Just Overcast is so easy to add and pull them up, and it just does it in the background. You don't even know it. And I've got, you know, podcasts on my favorite baseball team, the Reds, da-da-da-da. If I want to read about the Colts, if I want to get national news, all kinds of different podcasts, all kinds of blindness podcasts. That's how we keep up to date on all the all the research and what's going on i i couldn't do without it i wish i was a book reader i'm not a book reader i read more magazine articles and everything i read is about broadcasting it seems like i'm obsessed with it do you think there's any help hope for me at all any guys on this on the panel no there's not thank you at least I- <laughs> but you asked so i mean we're just flat out telling you but, I, but you're you probably are. right though that's the problem you are right that's that, that there's no issue there <laughs> You're definitely right. I, you know, but I, I sleep, drink, and eat and eat radio and television news. Anything that's media oriented that that seems to be what I tend to focus on the most of the time. Well, you know, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. It could be could could and be I, a lot. And I, I always hope that Dave and Chris will take on my motto: When in doubt, order out. Don't worry about doing all that cooking, Chris. When in doubt, order out. Well, they'll be <laughs> doing that. I always say that they'll be doing that this week. I'm sure. Because they've got some places they want to order out from, I'm sure. Chris and Dave, speaking of that, you've probably got a recipe. And are you guys ordering out today, or what is for lunch? We're ordering from Little Caesars. As a matter of fact, I placed the order during the first hour of the coffee club. I did an advanced order. Now, do you use use Grubhub or DoorDash for Little Caesars? How does that work? We don't have Grubhub here. I use either DoorDash or Uber Eats. Today, I used Uber Eats because Little Caesars is actually on both. They're on both, so yeah. What do you like to get from Little Caesars? Uh, I like their thin crust. That's the reason I like to order from them. Dave Dave gets the classic, usually pepperoni and mushrooms with extra sauce. And I like either the Canadian bacon, I mean the pepperoni and beef or Canadian bacon and beef or Canadian bacon and pineapple. It does, of course, we always get some wings. Yeah. Does it? Now, I don't okay. like their wings. But does it let you pick out your own custom pizza? Yes. Okay. When they come to the door, do they go, pizza, pizza? Pan, pan, pizza, pizza. You know, down in Florida, the Little Caesar was much better than the one up here was. In Naples, that was a good, a good pizza. Now, Jenny likes a big, real thick pizza. And I'm, I like the pan pizza sometimes. Um, you know, there's a place down in Florida, and they're probably all over the place. They're called, they had good food that I used to get from called Hungry Howie's. I don't know sure if they're still around anymore, but boy, they were good. I haven't they're heard still them. around. Yeah, there, we have one. It's probably about 50, 20 miles from here, I think. I was looking at something last night when I was getting ready to shop for groceries, and it's called, and I've never ate there, but they just came here a few years ago, called Jack in the Box. They came from out west. They were real popular out west. Have you guys ever heard of Jack in the Box? Oh, yeah. yeah we've been around forever. We don't, yeah, we don't we, have one here, but the, I think the closest one is like Johnstown. That's about 50 miles. They've been around since the, like, I don't know, 70s or 80s. I was going to say, one thing about them, they have a real descriptive menu. I Maybe mean, we should order from there. 
I you mean, know that Jack in the Box restaurant was one of the first places that had this intercom system, so that when you when you would bring, pull your car up to the restaurant, the, uh, there was an intercom. It was a the, uh, with a sound, but it was a clown face that with a speaker on it, and it, you would talk to the clown to do your orders. Uh, well, I've talked to a few clowns going. But to believe the me, job. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that caught on quite well. <laughs> and talk about places. I was at McDonald's in Pennsylvania. We were on our way down to Georgia, and you know when you go on, uh, I guess it's eighty one. And that's a long, that's a long, long ride. And we got to McDonald's, and I noticed today when the person was taking my order, I could tell it wasn't the normal order taken from the McDonald's store. It was from a call center, and 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 she would key in the order to the restaurant that you were at, so that the person at at the drive-through didn't have to actually do the ordering. It was done by by remotely, and uh, I don't know if that's still being done by McDonald's, but I thought that was pretty cool because I definitely knew because the audio was so different from what the store audio would be. Yeah, there you go. We got Pierre that joined us. Pierre, if you want to to make a comment, just do a, what is it, star... What is it? Nine. Star, star nine. Star. Well, raise your hand if you've, if you've got something to say, Mr. Pierre. Are you there, Pierre? I can unmute him. Is the real two two five? Yeah, yeah, I'm unmuted. It said I'm unmuted. The real two two five there, yeah. Yeah, we got little Caesars the other day, and they they sliced their pepperoni so thin you hardly know it's on there. (laughs) I mean, you can almost see through the pieces of pepperoni. That's what you call a light pizza, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They're just trying. Go ahead, Pierre. And then y'all were talking about reading. I am an avid reader. Sometimes I'll read three books in one day. Of course, I when I read, I, I was wondering how many of you do this. So when I read, I put my player on as fast as it will go. That's how I read a book. You know, you know I talked to a lot of blind people and said they can't read unless they do that. But I'm just the opposite. I want mine at the normal pace because I want to enjoy the book. But a lot of blind people really enjoy speeding up the book. But the thing is, Bill, and you tried this. You you started off uh, reading fairly fast and then drop it down to normal. And you never realized how much a book uh, these readers drag. <laughs> I just can't stand it. I've got to talk about it. I know. It I, I, Nolan's the same way. Um, I'm sure there other people. Jennifer's not one of them. Tim, do you speed your books up? Yep, I usually read about 200% or double. And uh, Michael Loft speeds his books up. Oh, he speeds his podcasts up even. Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't speed them up too much. I speed them up a little bit, but I like to read something at normal normal speed a lot of times. Not, but that but they called it compressed speech. Remember those days back in the yeah. like in the nineteen sixty five? I think it started nineteen sixty six, and they called it compressed speech, where yeah. the pitch of the voice wouldn't change, but it was the uh, speech was compressed. And at that time, it was terrible. It was very hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Today, the technology is so much better. But see, Pierre, I'm I'm kind of slow thinking, so I don't think too fast. So I need. I must. Well, how many of you have read the How many of you have read the Chet and Bernie series? If you like comedy, that is funny. That is good. Oh no. yeah, fantastic. And how do you get your books, Pierre? Uh, I get mine uh, from the library. I, I mean, I, I, I call you... in because that way I get what I want when I want. Right, but do they put it on a card for you and send it to you? One of those. They uh, they just. 
Vegas and the cartridge. A cartridge, uh, right, yeah. Yeah. And did they put a whole bunch on a cartridge for you? Well, most of the time, they don't do that. It's just one book. Now, I am reading one, a, 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 the uh, Josie, Josie Wells series, books one, two, and three. Now, they're all on the same cartridge, and they're good. They're really good. Um, and then there's a and then there's a series I just started called the IQ series, and it's it's fantastic too. I, I knew somebody once who used to go around charging blind people to download their books for them. They would they would download the books and give them a thumb drive, or however you know they did it, or they put it on a. Everybody's got to make a buck somehow, from. Bill. <laughs> I guess they do, but they got in a little bit of trouble though. Uh, the library, I didn't like that. Didn't like that so well. <laughs> well, you know that they're trying to do that now, and some libraries do it, and some don't. Where they, where you call and tell them what books you want, and they download them all onto a cartridge and then right. send it to you. Yeah, a lot of my library won't do it. Yeah, we'll not, will not do that. Bill, we have a, a we hand Shirley, raised from yeah. uh, Shirley. Anything else, Pierre? Before we go, real quick. That's it, Bill. Okay, buddy. Thanks. We have Shirley on the line who likes right, her I've hand. Got her. I've good got morning, her. everyone. Good morning, Shirley. Uh, had two quick comments uh, for you. You were talking about books. I just read a book from uh, Bookshare you guys might enjoy. It's called The Perfect Couple. Now, I understand there are a couple of books by that name. I cannot remember the author's full name, but I know her first name was Ellen, and she spelled it really odd. It was E-L-I-N um, or something along those lines. So if you um, <clears throat> look for the book... That might help you find it, but it was a it was a pretty good mystery. It had um, you know it, it had quite a few characters in it, and and um, so you know you guys might enjoy it. It wasn't exactly G rated, but um, you know if that would bother anybody. But it was a it was a good book, and well, the ending wasn't exactly what I would have liked to have seen, but it was a surprise as far as what actually happened. The other thing I was going to say and. I haven't been here since the beginning, so you might have already mentioned this. I don't know if uh, if you guys knew that there was a, a new thing that you could use with your little uh, A devices. You can speed them up or slow them down now in their speech. Um, and all you have to tell them is speak faster or speak slower. And it can go four speeds faster than what the default would be and two speeds slower. And I, the thing I read about it was very interesting because they said, you know, they were, they thought the slower speeds would help people um, that might have either, you know, learning disabilities or were hard of hearing or whatever. And they said they did the faster speeds because a lot of visually impaired people, that's what made, reminded me of it when you guys were talking, a lot of visually impaired people like to listen to things, you know, really speed it up. So they thought that would be something that would help blind and visually impaired people. And, so and it'll the, talk the, pretty fast at that fast speed. The only problem with that is, though, if you're reading a book using an Alexa, using a... No, 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 it's not. No, it's just for it's it's speech where it's responding. I think basically, like you know, when you're giving it a, a command and it's responding to it, like you tell it to go to a certain station or whatever, and it comes back and talk to you. 
I don't know what it would do for reading stuff. And, of course, you can slow it back down at any point. You just have to say his name and, and say speak slower or speak faster. I, the so. last time that Michael, uh, Michael Lockwood was demonstrating that on Monday when we were having our pre-meeting for All Things Radio Live, and, it said, and he said the, the part that says go slower wasn't working right, so I haven't I haven't wanted to play with it. Oh, but. I, no, I haven't tried the slower. I have done the faster, but to be honest with you, I haven't tried the slower thing. So anyway, I just thought I'd mention it in case anybody might want to try to to uh, to play with it because I have not tried to uh, slow it back down, so I might be at that speed forever. <laughs> you might well. be. Thanks, Shirley. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you very much, all of you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, Chris, we got time for a quick, or is it a quick um, recipe, or do you have anything prepared that way? Or do we oh, have- yeah, we have monkey bread. Oh, that's so good. It's a great summer recipe. Um, one half cup of granulated sugar, two teaspoons of ground cinnamon, Three cans of refrigerator biscuits, each biscuit divided into four pieces. I just take shears or kitchen scissors and just cut them. That's the easiest way. One stick of butter, one cup of packed brown sugar. You preheat your oven to 350 degrees and lightly grease a bundt pan. Mix the sugar and cinnamon together and set aside. Well, don't set it aside just yet. Dredge all your biscuit pieces in it first. What I do is I mix that up a little early, and then I do set it aside until I've got my biscuits cut up. You layer the cinnamon and sugar-covered biscuit pieces in the bundt pan. Then you melt your one stick of butter and your uh, brown sugar on low heat till the sugar's dissolved. And pour that mixture over the biscuits and bake until golden brown, 45 to 50 minutes. Probably need to check it after 45. Let it cool about five minutes and turn it out onto a plate. They are ready to eat. You can also sprinkle them with nuts or raisins if you'd like to do that. It is good. My my ex-wife is from Georgia and used to make monkey bread all the time, especially on the holidays, and it was awesome. Uh, I love I love that stuff. It's excellent. I didn't I didn't like having to clean up the mess after it was made, though. That was the other problem, Chris. There, there you go. Julie, do you (laughs) have a comment to make? I noticed your hand was lowered or raised or something. Yeah, it it had been. I I had raised my hand, and then they started the recipe, so I got all to lower my hand. Um, I'm probably one of those unusual people. I am a part of a book club, and I always look on Bard to see if they have the book that are coming. There's been one book. uh, We're in our second year of book club, and there's been one book that's been on Bard. Um, And um, so I get my books from Kindle. Okay. Uh, and, you know, which which costs up usually, but at least I can keep up with what they're doing and, um, and be a part of this book club because I think it's a wonderful thing that they're doing and it encourages the women to read books that are on the reading list because um, we have not been really good at doing that, but one woman always read a whole lot of books that are on the list. And so um, someone got inspired to start a book club so that that might inspire us to read some of the books that are on this list. And so, Can you get the good do. voices or... Or do you, when you download the Kindle, do you do it on your computer or do you do it on the phone? I do it on my phone because I don't have a computer that works to get online. And so I, I do it on my phone and then um, 
you know, Virginia, my roommate and I decided, well, there's no point in both of us getting the same book. And she will read out loud if she needs to, but she has some problems with her eyes and so it's something she kind of prefers not to do. Um, so I hook it up to my tablet and I read it to her. Oh, there you go. Oh, there um, you go. Rather than having to hear the, the, the synthesized voice. So uh, that's what we do. Also, I wanted to tell you, um, I someone was trying to get the disabilities number at Amazon. And I don't know if it's just that my phone hasn't updated yet, but the Amazon website is looking different than what it looked a couple of weeks ago. And um, I did not find a disability number. And, and the friend that I was looking for, for it for said she had talked to Amazon and they no longer have a disability hotline. Is that correct? Um, I can't confirm or deny that. I haven't called it in a few weeks. And to be honest, when I did, I never got good results. Chris, Dave, do you know anything about that? I don't think they have it anymore because... I think the number I called was that number. I can't be sure, but when I did call whatever number it was, they didn't say anything about it being an accessibility number. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone away. There was one time I did call and get some good help, but it was very unusual. You call and they just kind of repeat back what you said. I remember on the microwave, I finally had to call Ira. I, I don't, you know, they, they couldn't help me do it. They never even heard of it. So I'm not too sure they're missing out on a whole lot. Uh, well, I, I call, I, my roommate got me a Lady A a couple of weeks ago, and I was trying to set it up. And I was told, oh, just put the A Lady app on your on your phone and and download it. Well, I could find lots of A Lady apps, but they weren't the one I need ones I needed. And then I was told, well, you have to go to Amazon to get it. And so I went to Amazon and and tried to type it in most every way I could think of. So finally, I saw there was a, the disabilities. Um, and I and I called it and did they sent me uh, what I was the link where I was supposed to get the app and I was told that I needed to do an HTTP um, instead of a www to get that and so you know I I tried that and then I I saw it but anyway then I've had another issue I was trying to make it so that I could use her to make calls if I needed to. And I was not able to get that accomplished, so I thought, okay, I will call the disabilities, and it wasn't there. <laughs> I'm not even sure how much help they would have been for you, to be totally honest with you. But I know I've set up several people's, but still, it uh, is, is a little tricky. I see we're just about out of time. We will check on that disability line thing for you and let you know and may even be able to provide you some help on getting the phone number to work or so you All can right. make phone calls thank you thank you all right uh, anybody else have any thank you julie anybody else have anything before we finally give it back to tim no all set to go here all right 